الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يقلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وإذا سألك عبادي عني فإني قريب ونحن أقرب إليه من حبل الوريد وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا وهادينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله أرسل على فترة من الرسل وقلة من العلم وضلالة في الناس من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يضل أبدا ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يهدى أبدا This is the month of Ramadan A month in which we are working on a consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that consciousness should never be absent but in this month it has to be emphasized and amplified وَلِتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ In these ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah that begin with يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And end with the ayah وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتُدِلُوا بِهَا إِلَى الْحُكَّامِ لِتَأْكُلُوا فَرِيقًا مِنْ أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ بِالْإِثْمِ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ In the middle of these ayat, almost dead center, the ayah, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ This ayah begins by saying, and if, and the speech is to our beloved prophet may allah's peace and blessings be upon him forever and ever 
and if they meaning the Muslims and the people around if they ask you about me I am very near I will answer the supplication or the request of anyone who asks provided they do ask now in our contemplation and our reflection we ask I've expressed some dua I said some dua but I don't sense that there's any response how many times in your life you whether it's in solitude by yourself or whether it's in the presence of a jama'ah or a congregation, how many of us turn to Allah and ask Him? And then how many of us, after a while, say to themselves, but I didn't sense that Allah Jalla Sha'nuhu has responded to me, has given me what I asked for. Well, dua is it has its some conditions it's not like anyone can ask for something they're going to get it how can allah subhanahu wa ta'ala respond to someone who is asking him when that someone is polluted with sins and with violations of allah subhanahu there's not going to be an answer a kafir who is in a confrontation with Allah he can't ask Allah for something and he's going to expect to get a result from that it's not going to happen he lives a life of haram and then he thinks Allah is going to respond that's not going to happen another component of the dua when we ask Allah sometimes we may ask for something that is not to our benefit we think it's to our benefit but in the long run we realize no it's not to my benefit so Allah's care for you is to withhold responding to what you are asking of him even though in your mind, in your calculations, you think, oh, uh, I don't think Allah is responding to me, and I don't think I've done anything that is terribly wrong for Him not to respond to me. So, Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. It is Allah who has definite, infinite knowledge but you don't so that's another component another issue that is involved here in our relationship with Allah subhana is defined by a by an ayah 
ما يعبأ بكم ربي لولا دعاءكم The meaning here is Allah would not care for you if it wasn't for your dua. So dua is an integral relationship between us and Allah. Tabaraka wa ta'ala. But some of us, we are occasional Muslims because our human nature sometimes remembers Allah when we are in need, when we are in trouble, when we are in hard times. But how about when you were not in need, you had plenty? When you were in comfortable times, were you aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during those times so that there's equivalency here? So when the time comes and you need Allah and you ask Him, He is there for you? Or do you expect Allah only to be remembered when you are under pressure? This is another component that we have to take into consideration. Now, there's a hadith from Allah's Prophet. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his. It says, "Man shagalahu." This is a hadith Qudsi. "Man shagalahu, ذكري عن مسألتي أعطيته ما لا أعطي السائلين." Which means, whoever is busy being conscious of me, you are in a state of dhikr with Allah. Throughout your day and throughout your life, Allah is on your my, on your mind and in your heart. Whatever you're doing. So if you are preoccupied with Allah, Allah is saying, I will give you what I will uh, what I will not give those who just ask me. So asking Allah is a component of being conscious of Allah. It's not an independent type of factor. Now, during this month of introspection and reflection, it is a time when a person should gauge his own self. You know yourself better than anyone else. I don't know you as much as you know yourself. And you don't know me as much as I know myself. This is a fact of life. Now, do I compare myself to you? Or you compare yourself to me? Or do you compare yourself to your own self? The best way to measure who you are is to compare yourself to your own self. How do you do that? It is reported, this information comes from Imam Ali. It is reported that he gave us the answer to this type of question. And it goes something like this. You are sitting at home. Obviously I'm paraphrasing all of this. You're sitting at home. 
And two types of individuals come to you. One individual comes and he has something to give you. A gift, uh, whatever. And there's another individual who comes to you who asks you for something. So one individual gives you, the other individual takes away from you. This is easy for you to understand. If you are happy with the individual who gives you something, and you are upset with the individual to whom you gave something, you belong in this dunya. You are a creature of this dunya. If, on the other hand, if you are happy that you gave someone something and you are not happy that someone gave you something, you belong to Al-Akhirah. That's how you gauge who you are. And this can be done in this month of sensitivity, our relationship with Allah. This is how we can measure up or measure down who we really are. And then Allah says in another ayah in the Quran, قُلْ مَنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُضْطَرَّ إِذَا وَيَكْشِفُ Who is it who can respond to someone in need and alleviate whatever mishap there is? So our need for Allah is a component of our dua. Our dua to Allah is a component of our dhikr. If we cannot put these elements together, especially be conscious of them, in this month of Ramadan, chances are outside of this month of Ramadan, we're not going to be able to, without difficulty, grasp this fact. And unfortunately, we have masajid all around the place who go through the mantra of a Jumu'ah khutbah and a Jumu'ah prayer without any information from Allah and His Prophet stimulating the heart and the mind. The ayat of As-Siyam, the ones in Surah Al-Baqarah, which I alluded to at the beginning of the khutbah, they end with, وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ Don't consume your wealth, your resources among yourselves in illegitimate ways. Which means this month-long exercise of fasting is meant for social justice. Where there's no dislocation of wealth, we have 90% of the Muslims living in uncomfortable conditions, and we have 10% at the most. Maybe 2 or 3% of Muslims living in crazy wealth. This is not what is meant of this month of Ramadan. 
This month of Ramadan is an equalizer. It brings those who have wealth closer to those who don't. And those who are in need, it brings them closer to those who can afford to give them. But is this an integral, a fundamental, a basic, a core meaning of Al-Siyam and Ramadan? I tell you, and you can observe this, it doesn't take someone who is very bright to observe this. Our types of Ramadans, the social justice meanings in it are absent. And there are other hadiths and other ayat in the Quran that reinforce these types of meanings. If Allah gives us the time, the health, we will try at least in the coming khutbah to elaborate on how we have dislocated Ramadan. We've taken it just as a personal matter that has no social justice meanings to it. When all of this month ends with the ayah that says the wealth that we have, the riches that we have, the assets that we have, the resources that we have, all of this cannot go through illegitimate channels. There cannot be someone who has billions of dollars and then we have Muslims dying of hunger dying because they don't live in their homes or they don't have a homeland this cannot continue but this is what we have you can tune in to the khutbas of whomever you want and it's comfortable to say nine out of ten of those khutbas are irrelevant irrelevant And that's why we are where we are today. This example of the accumulation of wealth is presented to us concerning Qarun. Inna Qarun kana min qawmi Musa fabagha alayhim. Wa ataynahu min al-kunuzi ma inna mafatihahu latanu'u bil-usbati ulil quwa. Ith qala lahu qawmuhu la tafrah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفَرِحِينَ وَابْتَغِي فِيمَا آتَاكَ اللَّهُ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ وَلَا تَبْغِي الْفَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُفْسِدِينَ Inshallah we will try to elaborate on this lost meaning in the ayat of the Quran in the following or in the coming khutbah next week aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum ud'uhu subhanahu wa antum muqinuna bil ijabah alhamdulillah bi jami'il mahamid على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا 
ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear committed brothers and sisters in Islam and in Iman We transition now from our internal selves because this Islam and this Quran and this Prophet of ours lived in an internal self and in a social reality. Now we go to our social reality. What is happening in this world? We have eyes to see with, ears to hear with, and tongues to express ourselves with. The occupant of the White House just in the past several days, last week. This is, I'm going to quote what he said. And you know, the way he speaks is, uh, he leaves gaps. But this is what he says. Countries like Saudi Arabia, very rich, nothing but cash nothing but cash right see he's speaking about a deformity in the muslim sphere in this world in which a few individuals in a ruling family i don't know there's some reports that say that ruling family that has 20,000 members, out of those 20,000 members, the very affluent among them are a couple of hundred. They have, what, according to this report or this news item, they have $1.4 trillion they themselves own. Remember this when there are Muslims who are dying of hunger and thirst, we ask, is Ramadan, are they fasting Ramadan? If you buy their propaganda and their misinformation, yeah, if you don't eat and you don't drink and you don't have sex during the day, you're fasting Ramadan. So Trump goes on to say, that was parenthetical, Trump, Trump goes on to say, so I think they can afford to pay us, right? For defense. And they will. And you know what? They will. And they are buying a tremendous amount of equipment, $450 billion. Who tells them they can do something like that? Who gave them the authority to spend all of this money? And what do they do with it? They kill Muslims. The same people here who don't permit Muslims to go inside a masjid are killing Muslims around the world. To them, it comes normal and natural. That was also parenthetical. I had to break out. I go back to Trump. $450 billion they will be spending in our country. $450 billion. But we have a lot of countries 
that are rich. I wonder if the other kings and monarchs and emirs and muluk and tugha, I wonder if they're listening. Do they understand what is happening in the real world? But we have a lot of countries that are rich that we are defending and they don't even respect it. Look at this. Are these committed Muslims? Are these mu'mineen that he's speaking about? They Imagine the Prophet of Allah. They all say we follow the Prophet of Allah. It's easy to say. But it's impossible for them to do. Imagine the Prophet of Allah being spoken to by the ruler of Byzantium or the ruler of Persia at that time. And the ruler of Persia is saying that the Prophet owes them money because they are protecting him. Can anyone put that in their mind? And how do you say they are following Allah's Prophet? How can this be? Honestly, back to, uh, to Trump. Honestly, when I ask them, they almost are looking at me saying, I would have thought, you know, like, it's amazing that no one has asked us. Now, they don't say that. They are smart. He's, give them, he's giving them a little intelligence. They are not smart. They are smart in kowtowing to you. That's the only smartness they have. And then Trump goes, out, uh, goes on. Now they don't say that. They are smart, but you feel it. So a lot of countries that we are defending, it's not fair. What's happening, they're paying us a tiny fraction. Ah, more. Helmin Mazid. He wants more. Do you hear this? Muslims of the world, wake up. We are being killed by our own selves. This Trump is like a pathogen. He can only work, he can only do his job in a diseased body. And this body of Muslims is diseased and he's working in it to our detriment and our death. Another observation. In the first week of Ramadan, in social media, in that decrepit kingdom, for the third time, people have been exposed to men hitting on women. And they feel very uncomfortable with that because of their conservative rearing because of their conservative upbringing they feel very the first week of ramadan they're watching the third incident in which a muslim woman is being touched in certain places of her body by a man uh, welcome to the kingdom of mbs Then last, last week, in the eastern part of Saudi Arabia, there, 
what they call security forces, shot dead eight Muslims. And of course they explain this, that these are terrorists. This is what they do. This is how they behave. Going from the Saudi despicable domain and looking at other issues in the Muslim context. A sheikh, a clergyman, appears on Egyptian TV and he says, we cannot say a bad word against Israel. Now he explains, he didn't stop there, he explains himself. But you're, right now your first impression is the correct one even though he's going to try to buffer it. He says, the word Israel refers to one of Allah's prophet, who is al-Nabi Ya'qub alayhi salam. So we cannot use the word Israel in a negative sentence. And as I said, he buffered his his word by saying, we have our disagreements with the Israeli nation state. They are our enemies, but we still cannot use the word Israel to impugn it. For this shallow shaykh, the Quran, if he only studies the Quran, he will realize that never in the Qur'an was the word Ya'qub used with Bani. Never will you see Bani Ya'qub in the Qur'an. It's always Bani Israel. So why is there this distinction between the, the name Ya'qub, in which the word Al Ya'qub is used, and the word Israel, in which the phrase is Bani Israel? If we understand who we are, we should know that Ya'qub is used favorably in the Qur'an and, Isra and the word Israel is used negatively in the Qur'an. So what he is expressing has no foundation. But there he is. He's in the media, on TV, speaking to probably millions of people. And this is another attempt to try to normalize. They get into your mind as a prelude to normalizing relations with the criminals and the colonialists in the Holy Land. This past week, the Saudi regime bombed a civilian neighborhood in Sana'a, Yemen, killing innocent men, women, and children. This is the month of Ramadan. Is there taqwa? Explain to us. Now forget about Al-Ashhur Al-Hurum. We know that there are four months in the Islamic calendar that are safety zones. No war, no conflict, no fighting, no bloodshed. But this month of Ramadan, explain to us, why are you doing something like that? No explanation. They want to get away with murder and war crimes. Then we have 
discussions in, in the media about Ramadan. Look at these people who are speaking, supposed to know better. They tell you, if you breathe, if you inhale incense, you know, you burn a, a stick of favorable fragrance, if you inhale that, you have broken your fast. They don't tell you if someone steals the resources of a country, they broke their fast. They tell you if you inhale that. And then they go further. They say, if you inhale the, the vapor of a dish you are preparing in the kitchen, you break your fast. We wonder, can they expand their minds a little? If someone is inhaling fragrance of al-Bakhur, they break their fast. How about Mexico City? Mexico City shut down. They shut the whole city down because of the pollution. People who are breathing in that city, do they break their fast? Is the the fragrance in the air from the Bakhur, is that more or the pollution in the skies and in the atmosphere of Mexico City? Just in the past 24 hours, the city was closed. So the Muslims there have broken their fast. And then, if you, if you inhale the evaporation of a dish you are preparing in the kitchen, how much humidity is that? What if you're living in a city in which there's 90% humidity? And there are. You, you can't fast there? You broke your fast? This is the world. And then it, get, it gets even worse than this. This is the month of Ramadan in which we should be conscious in our hearts of social justice. They want us to be conscious of the nitty-gritty, the hair-splitting details of fiqh. So where do they go from here? They say the bidet. You go to the bathroom, there's this hose that squirts water on your private part. One of these shuyukh comes out just last week and he says, if this water is squirted into your behind and just a drop gets into that area inside, you have violated your fast. Do they want our minds to be there? They have taken Islam out of the social justice context that it belongs to and this is how they speak to us. Compare them. These people are speaking to us like this with a person who is a non-Muslim. Ronaldo, the soccer player, donated one and a half million dollars to hungry Palestinians. How does that make you feel as a Muslim? with all the wealth these people have, spending it on weapons of destruction, killing us, killing ourselves. And then a person like this comes, and especially the, the Palestinians who are in Gaza. He said in particular he wants them to receive the bulk of this amount so that they can feed their families. And this is a non-Muslim. How, how does he compare to these robes in Arabia who are swimming in filthy wealth. 
and in Washington in its pro-Israeli Zionist imperialist policies denied a visa to a Palestinian want to come to the United States and usually she used to come off and on Hanan Ashrawi no we're not going to give you a visa can you see where we're going where's all of this coming from if we had not capitulated to them the Saudis, the Emiratis, the Gulfers, the Arabian Peninsulars, all if they, if they didn't give the green light to this administration, they wouldn't be doing things like this. If our Masajid were alive and vital and active, they would not be doing things like this. But they put us to sleep in the media and in the Masjid. They put us to sleep. There's other things I want to say, brothers and sisters. I don't want to extend this khutbah more. We began a little late. Inshallah, I'll try to express these other things in the coming khutbah. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzukna tiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzukna ijtinaabah wa la taj'alhu multabisan alayna وَاجْعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا اللهم اهدنا فيمن هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت وتولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك وإنه لا يذل من وليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت فلك الحمد على ما قضيت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك وصلى الله على محمد وآل محمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Allah, 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 Allah,